Hello, I'm your host, Gillian Semler. You're listening to Let's Talk, brought to you by Citilets and Arla Property Mart Scotland. Let's Talk is a dedicated property show for the world of property letting, investment, legislation, personal stories and much more. If you want to get in touch, just reach out. Let's Talk at citilets.co.uk. Today, my guest is Stephen Cafferty from Deaf Action, and today we're going to discuss the challenges and barriers that hard of hearing and deaf people face within the private rented sector. So, Stephen, before we get into today's show, our listeners may want to know that you are profoundly deaf. Um, can you describe your own deafness? Yeah, absolutely. Um, thank you for having me on the show today as well. Um, so, there are four different spectrums of hearing loss. You've got mild, moderate, um, severe and profound, um, and I sit in the um, profound bracket. So um, I was actually born hearing, um, I got meningitis when I was one, and um, I lost my um, hearing um, through meningitis. Um, so I speak oral, um, but I do use sign language as well. Um, I grew up in a hearing um, world, um, all my family are hearing too. Um, I was the first deaf person to go to um, a mainstream school too um, and there weren't any deaf kids um, where I was from, which is Perth. Um, but I went to a few deaf youth clubs when I was about eight or nine um, and deaf camps as well and I got into deaf sport as a teenager as well so um, I gradually learnt some sign language there. Um, and when I joined Deaf Action a few years ago, um, I completed my level two in British Sign Language. Right. Before we talk about experiences of renting, can you tell us about Deaf Action as it was the first organisation of its kind in the world? Yeah, that, that's true. Um, Deaf Action was founded in 1835. Um, it was originally known as Edinburgh Deaf and Dumb um, Benevolent Society. Of course, we don't use that term now because um, things have obviously changed a lot more. Um, we've been at a home on Albany Street in Edinburgh since 1889, um, which also included a deaf church where we had services, weddings, christenings and even funerals were held. Um, the church isn't in use anymore, but we're still here um, at the heart of the deaf community in Edinburgh. Um, today we offer many different services such as um, interpretation and communication support, um, employability and digital skills, wellbeing and counselling services, translation, support services and many more. Um, in fact, last year we also set up the first ever um, Edinburgh Deaf Festival um, to celebrate deaf culture. And of course we also offer specialist equipment services, which is one of the reasons I'm here to talk yes. to you today. Yes, I'm going to ask you about that. I'll ask you about that just slightly later, but um, what's Deaf Action's kind of vision, mission, value and, and social aims? Um, our vision is um, inclusive communities free from barriers, um, just where deaf people can fulfil their potential and thrive and be the best that they can be. Um, we accept to support all deaf people, and that includes deaf people who use British Sign Language or BSL, um, those who are deaf and deafblind um, or hard of hearing. Um, our mission is to empower deaf people to achieve their potential, to participate in society with equality of rights, access and opportunity, and we do all that through our services for deaf people. Okay, so. With half of the employees consisting of deaf people, in what exact ways does it benefit the organisation's position? 
Well, we're very proud to be a deaf-led organisation. Um, almost half of our staff are deaf, and um, many more have grown up with deaf family and friends. Um, there isn't just one type of deaf now, um, and the charity does reflect that. Um, there are deaf people who use BSL, um, there's hard of hearing people who use um, spoken English, and then everything in between. Um, deaf people are just so different, they're unique in their own way. Um, someone who has grown up with BSL and someone who's experiencing um, age-related hearing loss in later life will be completely different. Um, but we've all experienced barriers, um, whether that's through gender, religion, disability, um, so we can empathise with that. Um, and I think that's why I get on really well with my own client, um, because I have a general understanding of what they're going through. Um, but having that collective experience means that we truly understand the needs of our community and the challenges that deaf people face. Let's talk about the barriers and challenges that hard of hearing and deaf people face when looking for a place <coughs> to rent. How many deaf people approximately are in rented accommodation in Scotland and, and what would you say are the main challenges when applying for available properties and, and viewings themselves? Um, well, based on the research, we estimate around 150,000 people um, in Scotland with some degree of hearing loss that, that rent. Um, for many deaf people, um, British Sign Language is their first language, um, with English being a second language. Um, often the information about renting a home um, is only available in English. Um, it contained a lot of jargon, mm -hmm. um, it's not accessible to all deaf people, so already they're on the back foot. Um, there's a, a lack of contact options sometimes um, when arranging viewings or dealing with landlords. Um, on their website or business card, it may be usually just a contact number. So mm -hmm. for a lot of deaf people, using the phone isn't always an option. Um, the Edinburgh market moves quickly as well. Um, if a deaf person wanted to arrange to put a deposit down to secure a play, um, they can't usually call up to arrange that, um, so they may need to rely on email. Mm -hmm. And by the time the letting agent gets back to them, it's possibly too late, um, so deaf people can miss out on getting the property that they want to rent. Um, Another barrier can be when they are going to view a property. Um, deaf people obviously rely on sign language or lip reading, um, so they could easily miss out on important information. Um, <coughs> facial characteristics like having a beard or um, a lack of movement with the mouth can be a couple of factors where um, deaf people can miss out. Um, and f for one of those reasons, social anxiety is quite high with deaf people as well. Okay. Um, do you feel that, that deaf people are discriminated in the vetting procedure and, and if so, to what extent? <clears throat> um, discrimination comes from fear of the unknown. Um, there are so many different stereotypes of um, hearing loss. Um, I think when some people assume deaf that they're going to use sign language and um, I think that landlord can be unsure of what deaf people actually need, um, how to communicate with them. So sometimes it can maybe just be easier to look past them. Um, 
you know, hearing people meet deaf people and we don't know what to expect. Um, but we're all people, you know, we just have different ways of communicating. Um, for landlords as well, the, the potential of having a deaf tenant could cost more money. Um, for example, we may need to provide a, an appropriate deaf-friendly smoke alarm. Oh, yes. um, so you would have smoke detectors as normal, um, but you would have a vibrating pad under the pillow um, with a base unit that's got a strobe light. Mm -hmm. um, and some deaf people from that we've spoken to um, are worried that this will discourage landlords from picking a deaf tenant and um, landlords might also worry that the equipment could damage their property when really that's not the case. Mm -hmm. um, at worst, there'll be a, a very tiny screw and most of the time we tend to use um, really strong double-sided tape. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And the thing is with screws, it always can be filled, no different to pictures that are hung or things like that. Yeah. I'm going to ask actually a bit more about the equipment and installation and just about the kind of funding just to, to make landlords more aware. Um, so I'll go into that just a, a bit further later on. Um, because what would, what would be your recommendations and advice to landlords and letting agents to ensure then of a, of a level playing field? Um, patience and understanding is key. Mm -hmm. um, making reasonable adjustments to accommodate deaf people and being accessible. Um, more often than not, um, a deaf tenant might email them to say that I have certain needs and um, the landlord knowing those needs beforehand would make it um, a lot easier for both parties. Um, if you're showing a deaf tenant around the property, be flexible. Be patient, um, have a pen and paper handy as well, or use the notes or text on the phone um, to improve communication. And of course, allow extra time for communication. Um, I think sometimes when you go for a viewing, they usually give you about a 30 minute slot. Um, so if it's quiet, maybe add an extra 30 minutes on just to make sure there's no missed information at the end. Um, also, book an interpreter if necessary. Um, collaborate with deaf charities like Deaf Action for interpreting services as well. That's good advice. Because um, not only securing a property, comes with additional challenges, but also living in the property itself, as you just briefly mentioned before. Can you tell us a bit more about these experiences in, um, in rented accommodation? <clears throat> um, from consulting with the deaf community and privately rented accommodation, um, they tell us that difficulties often arise when they need to interact with their landlord or letting agent on issues such as routine inspection or um, any repairs that might need, be needed in the home. Um, landlords have a duty to make reasonable adjustment for deaf and disabled people. This could include um, deaf-friendly specialist equipment like flashing doorbell or fire alarm. Um, some people, some deaf people might feel like they don't want to upset their landlord by asking for changes to accommodation or to spend um, money. Um, they don't want to put their tenancy at risk. So deaf people often feel the onus is on them to make the adjustments themselves or to find out um, the information that they, they need to get the equipment. Um, so deaf people are actually 40% less likely to be in employment or unemployed than hearing people. So that's a big act as well financially. Um, 
They sit in the cave for all landlords, of course. Many of them are um, very lenient and will, will make adjustments if necessary. Um, part of the challenge is that often landlords simply don't know um, that they are legally obligated or what support and information is even out there. Um, I'm sure if they did, um, many more would be happy to oblige. This deaf action provides a wide variety of hard of hearing and deaf services, as, as you just said before, to, to help make life easier and more fulfilling for those that feel they need them. So one of these services is relatively new, Safe and Sound, which is it's specifically designed for um, Scottish landlords and tenants. So can you explain about the service? So Safe and Sound was designed to offer Scottish landlords and deaf tenants equal access to information on the rental market. Um, the service was made possible thanks to support from Safe Deposit Scotland Charity Trust. Um, so we can offer expert advice to landlords on how to make your property safe for deaf tenants and we provide a quote and install any equipment for you, the main one being the smoke alarms. Um, the goal was to make the rental market accessible to deaf people so we created accessible BSL video information to ensure deaf people know their rights as tenants. We've also created a deaf awareness webinar specifically for landlord and letting agents to help them understand the barrier that deaf tenants face and what they can do to make things easy, easier for them. Deaf actually, they also have a team of experts who can advise on and install uh, the specialist equipment. So can you explain a bit more about the types of equipment as you were mentioning before and how these items you know, um, you know, are installed and, and funded? There's lots of deaf friendly specialist equipment that can make life easier for deaf people such as flashing doorbell, television amplifier, vibrating alarm clocks and many more. Um, for landlords who need to keep their tenants safe, Deaf Action Specialist Equipment Server can provide such products such as flashing doorbells and fire alarms. Landlords are responsible, however, to pay for the smoke alarms only. Mm -hmm. um, for deaf people who live in Edinburgh, Middle Lothian and East Lothian, they can get the flashing doorbell um, and vibrating alarm clock for free through our partnership with local authorities. So what other services um, do Deaf Action provide that are beneficial to housing related matters? Um, for landlords, we can provide deaf awareness training to help them understand their deaf tenant needs. British Sign Language courses for landlords who want to learn some basic sign language and be able to, to communicate with their tenant, even just finger spelling or um, small sign language words. Interpreters are communication professionals. If you have a deaf tenant who uses sign language, landlord or letting agent can book interpreters to make sure communication is smooth and we're not missing out any important information. For deaf people, um, we can provide social care services to help with any issues around money. Um, a BSL duty service for information from landlord or letting agent that BSL users need to get translated um, from English. Now, on another note, so this has been really helpful. This has it's been great, thank you. Can I just ask a bit more on the personal side, because I'm aware you're a keen golfer um, and you've had quite a successful career to date. Not quite very. So tell us more about this and your achievements. Um, I got into um, golf when I was quite young, growing up and playing golf with my dad, as most fathers and sons do. Um, 
I played golf and the hearing and the day while I was well. Um, so I got into day, but when I was young, um, and I played other sports growing up as well. Um, but golf was my main hobby. Um, I became involved with Scottish Deaf Golf Association in 2009, um, and I played my first World Deaf Golf Championship at St Andrews in 2010, um, and we won the, the team event, um, becoming the first European country to do so. And um, I finished runner-up um, with my teammate finishing first as well. Um, I managed to play a few more World Deaf Championships and European Championships as well, being able to travel the world, um, which was amazing a really good experience. Um, I won the Deaf Olympic um, bronze medal in Turkey in 2017 um, and I, I actually met my mum's 60th birthday for that. Oh, did you? <laughs> um, what I love about golf is that it gives me three, three and a half hours of peace and quiet. It's a gentleman's game with rules and etiquette. You have to wear certain clothes in the clubhouse. Um, you taught me manners and respect another golfer. Um, which in turn transferred off the course as well. Um, I was also the first deaf person to go to the Professional Golfers Association um, University in Birmingham. Unfortunately, um, due to circumstances, I wasn't able to complete it. But I did manage to get my level one in junior coaching, um, which allowed me to, to coach British school kids in Dubai for a few months. Which was a great opportunity, but scary for an 18-year-old deaf boy. Um, the hearing competition I can play with my hearing aids in, deaf competition I have to take them out, so they're completely uh, different okay. experiences. But um, looking back, um, I've managed to achieve and experience a lot of travelling um, and success more than I imagined, and I've certainly hold that on me for the rest of my life. Gosh, well done, that's incredible. In what ways then has golf opened up new avenues for you? Um, I've experienced different deaf cultures and languages, um, American Sign Language, um, even the Sign Language table in Norway had um, five extra letters, um, so you learn things like that. Obviously, I've met other golfers with similar life experiences of myself, who've grown up in a hearing world with their own struggles and success. Um, it's also allowed me to spread awareness on hearing law um, in national golfing magazines and um, newspapers. Um, I see myself as a deaf role model um, and through my coaching um, I try to encourage children to be the best they can be and know that if I can do it then they can as well. Excellent, thank you very much Stephen, that's been great, really great to meet you, thank, thank you. Thank you very much for having me. Pleasure. I'm Gillian Semmer, thanks for listening. If you've enjoyed the show, don't forget to subscribe to the Let's Talk channel on all the usual platforms, including Spotify, iTunes and SoundCloud, as well as on citylets.co.uk forward slash podcasts. And also let your friends know where to find us. Let's Talk is a dedicated property show providing insight into the world of property letting. More information on today's show can always be found on our show notes along with this podcast. If you want to get in touch, just reach out. Let's talk at citylets.co.uk. Thank you.